listening to the Lance J Radio Network. So I'm reading from, from RiseHealth.org. Fantastic article written by Eric Simon, who's the, the chief operating officer of Episource. Compliance 101, everything you need to know about regulatory audits in 2022. Now, CMS, the, the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services and OIG, the Office of Inspector General, have been ramping up their compliance audits for health plans. So why that's important to you, if you're listening, if you're, you're driving around in D.C. or Nashville or Orlando, any of our other new affiliates that, that we're bringing to the table, it's important that your health plan is compliant as they manage your chronic illnesses, as they manage your care, as they manage your network. It's very important that they submit data that's accurate. Because all of that goes into the reimbursement structure and all of that goes into your benefits. So if a plan is not managing your data properly, it's going to it's going to have a downstream impact in your in your benefit package. If, if you're a listener, so that's why if you're you don't have to be a healthcare executive to be interested in this particular article. So Simonson goes on to say. When it comes to RAV audits which is Risk Adjustment Data Validation. 2022 is a mixed bag for health plans. The good news is that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, is holding off on publishing its final Medicare Advantage Risk Adjustment Data Validation regulations until November of this year. That means plans can continue audit preparations for now without worrying about updated methodology. However, they should be prepared for changes that could result in a billion dollars in clawbacks for improper payments. CMS has also taken steps to ramp up the scope and scale of its audits, doubling its 2021 budget for fraud, waste, and abuse mitigation. With this additional funding, the agency is investing in a number of areas from hiring more administrative law judges to reduce the five-year backlog at the third level of Medicare provider appeals. Now that's, that's important. So when you have appeals that make it up all the all the way to CMS, that there will be more people to hear those appeals and rule on those appeals in an expeditious fashion. Back to the article, CMS is putting more money into predictive analytics and data mining tools designed to identify instances of overcoding. That goes on to say health plans will also need to contend with the Office of Inspector General, OIG, pursuing its own targeted audits. Now, OIG is different than CMS. Like John Gorman said when he was on the show, OIG, that's, that's, that's the feds. CMS is people like me, healthcare executives. OIG, that's the people that's coming in there with the, with, with the, with the badges and guns. That's different. So if you have a if you are, are are not managing your health plan properly, you don't want to go through an OIG audit because that's you're getting into to people with much more legal jurisdiction. So health plans will have to deal with them 
pursuing targeted audits, which should become no surprise given the well-publicized crackdown on billions in improper payments. While RATV audits review a sample of, of 200 members and their HCC codes, which is basically the chronic conditions, the ICD-9s, the ICD-10s, now the ICD-11 codes. So if you're listening, you go in to see your doctor. If you're a diabetic, if you have hypertension, if you are a cancer survivor being treated for that, if you have a history of stroke, even if you have uh, sciatica, there's a myriad of, of illnesses and issues that you could have that are reimbursable codes from Medicare and Medicaid. Well, if you're coded improperly to say that you have a much more specified list of complications due to your diabetes when you don't have those complications, it's kind of like paying your taxes. Tax season is, is coming up soon. You can go, you can, you can, you can juke the stats on your taxes. We've seen a lot of people try to do that over the years. I think the IRS, I think they're like 100,000 and 0. They got Capone, they could get Trump. Anything you don't, you don't, you're gonna pay the IRS your taxes. And so CMS OIG, in essence, CMS has this equilibrium model which allows them to take care of someone regardless of how sick they are. So they say, hey, man, if you're, if you're really sick, if you have a history of diabetes, if you have a history of, if you have HIV, full-blown AIDS, history of drug abuse, history of alcohol abuse, history of cancer, history of heart surgery, heart failure, vascular disease, even the loss of, of vision, limbs, paraplegia, quadriplegia, CMS will pay you as a health plan and they'll manage, they will pay the health plan to manage the member as long as the coding and documentation of that member's illness is accurate. But if the, if the, if the illness is inaccurately represented, then people ultimately, health plans ultimately, ACOs ultimately, provider groups ultimately will get more reimbursement from CMS than the member actually needs. So if someone says that that hey, you you're you're actually sicker than you are. Rather it's rather it's purposefully, meaning that someone is deliberately juking the stats like Enron, like Arthur Anderson, some of these some of these accounting firms from way back in the day, or it's just waste. So you have fraud, waste, and abuse. Fraud is deliberate. Abuse is deliberate. Waste can be. Hey, I just didn't code it right. I'm a nurse. I'm in the EMR. I didn't get the, the, the accurate documentation, and we submitted the data. CMS is cracking down on this. It's becoming a, it's becoming a, a, a major issue to go on with the article. In September of 2020, the Department of Justice launched the National Rapid Response Strike Force within its healthcare fraud unit to combat COVID-related fraud. In a recent keynote address, the DOJ celebrated the program's success, noting that its use of analytics has led to the prosecution of $8 billion in telehealth fraud. And in May of 2021, criminal charges totaling $143 million in false billings. While the federal government has recognized the benefits of telehealth and recently moved to permanently expand Medicare coverage for select services, it has also taken aggressive measures to combat fraud, waste, and abuse with this issue. 
Now, great article by, by Eric Simonson. This is the world that I've lived in for many years. And as someone that's lived in this world, as someone that's run risk adjustment teams, that's run stars teams, that's run quality teams, that's built networks, that's done the contracting, that's driven to rural places to, to try to enforce data protocols and submission protocols and hire vendors, vendors such as Episource, and performed audits, everybody has to step up their audit protocols. I like to think that when I was running the shop that I had much more of a, a strong and, and documented policy and procedure about audits. Everywhere I've gone, I made sure one of the first things that I did, we rewrote the policies and procedures. So you meet with the compliance team, you meet with the compliance SAR, rather that's the, the, the chief compliance officer or someone at the VP director level. You look at the policy and procedures, you look at the dates, you make sure that you have policies and procedures that are automated, that are documented, so that as people come in, because there's a lot of turnover in healthcare, especially in, in these departments where there's submissions, because there's a lot of data involved, it's high pressure, there's a lot of money involved, you've, you've got an actuarial element, you have a finance element, you have a, you have a specified plan saying that, hey, you need to bring in $50 per member per month for risk adjustment activities for a large plan, that could be hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So you got to have all of that documented. And you've got to have your audit protocols documented. So you get data sources if you're, if you're out pulling chart review on members, meaning if, like, a member, every time you go to see your doctor, if you're listening, you're a member, they have your medical chart, and they say, oh, yeah, you have a history of, of high blood pressure, and, and, and yeah, you, you got in a car accident and, and broke your arm, six years ago, they have all that documentation. Well, it's my job to make sure that I'm looking at that chart and I'm submitting it to CMS to verify where you are in the progression of, of an advancement of, of disease. So chronic illness, diabetes generally gets worse. Heart disease generally gets worse. Definitely multiple sclerosis, those type of illnesses definitely get worse and, and quickly. So it's a balancing game every year. I need to have a member in for an annual well visit, or if they're really in a, in a later stage, if they're in, in kidney disease, a late stage kidney disease, moving towards end stage renal, I need to have that member in constantly to be evaluating them, to be working with them, to ensure, because ultimately the name of this game isn't the financial side. It's actually about making sure that you're managing the member, making sure that the member is slowed in their progression to chronic illness and that they live longer and have a better quality of life. That's why I have people on the show from Farmbox RX and U.S. Hunger, have Gorman on the show, people that are very involved in social determinants of health programs and platforms because that's the other side of it. But it's, it's, a, it's a major issue because I like to think that, that I was very strong in, in my protocols for audit and I've been out of the business for, for several years, but it continues to evolve. And the groups that I consult for, you have to have a strong vendor or a strong internal process to where you're auditing data that's submitted to CMS, whether that's data from supplemental sources like chart retrieval coding, or even if it's your claim system. And a lot of times the claim system is not owned by the quality executive. It's owned by the operations executive. One of the things that I'm, I'm telling people to more and more, I talk to people and consult for healthcare practices and groups. You have to have 
it's almost like it's almost like the mafia. It's the the five families in, in the Godfather. You had you had the commission. You have the five families in in New York City. I don't I don't. You got the was Gambino, Bonono, Lucchese. You got the five families, and you have the commission. Everybody has to come together. That's the most important thing that I'm learning in healthcare is when I got into this business, everyone was siloed. The actuaries and the finance team, they had their own silo, had their own side of the building. The clinical people, they had their own side of the building. The nurses, they had their own side of the building. Compliance, they had their own side of the building. Everybody has to come together. You cannot do this. If you're listening to this show and you're a healthcare executive, you cannot do this alone. You've got to have all of the pieces in place. You've got to have your finance actuarial team, your compliance team, your risk quality team your clinical team and your it team all have to come together ideally under the umbrella of a strong vendor but you have to have open meetings open practices you have to criticize each other you have to get in each other's space because these audits are showing like like eric writes it's not about fraud and abuse which are deliberate but they're now looking at waste which is not deliberate, but you're responsible as a health plan to ensure that everything under your purview is managed properly. And if you don't do that, you're going to be seeing CMS, OIG, DOJ. You don't want to see any of those people. Lance J Show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.